Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Oh my gosh, I just got finished recording this episode with Secret Tassiers, who is a conscious leadership coach. And I'm so lit up. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. And if you see a title about leadership on this podcast, what I want you to know is that we're talking to everyone. Okay. Every woman is waking up to the leadership within her. So we talk about that early in this episode, but really know that. And this notion of leadership as a hierarchical climb is an outdated paradigm that we are working on shifting. And when you are doing this work of sacred remembering, you're really coming back into the truth of who you are. And then that clarity becomes your leadership. That's the cliff notes. Um, I love this episode because we actually talk about a lot of things that are concepts that we throw around frequently in an empowerment culture, such as boundaries, such as hustling, um, such as self-care. And yet I've never really talked about them on this podcast because I think to be quite honest, I think they've been overlooked. Um, but that's, that's not cool. (laughs) Um, and so I got really excited in this episode to really talk with Sigrid about, um, some of these concepts that are really things that we all need to acquaint ourselves with and, um, find the alignment in how we relate to them. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, in a masculine sort of unconscious culture of leadership, which is what the, you know, patriarchal paradigm has been, then, um, you know, there's a lot of like pushing or proving in things like boundaries and, um, you know, and then self-care is like this notion of the reclamation from that. But what does that really mean? So stay tuned for those um, concepts and clarifications in this episode with Secret. We go deep around um, how leadership is really a soul's journey. And um, that's more my language than hers. But the leadership, um, true leadership really comes from knowing the self. And I just love how she talks about this. So here's her bio, and then we're going to get started. Seeker Tassiers is a leadership coach, speaker, author of the book, Intimacy Within, host of the podcast, Sacred Leadership. I can't wait to check that out. 
and um, conscious content creator and modern medicine woman. She's on a mission to support world leaders to tap into their infinite potential by coming home to themselves. Through bridging ancient wisdom and modern leadership, Secret supports heart-driven leaders to deepen in their embodiment, their self-awareness, and their personal freedom to amplify their impact. And you can tell by listening to Secret that she really embodies these things. A lot of wisdom in this episode. Um, So thank you for being here and please enjoy. Remember that you can go over to the Sacred Remembering Facebook group for absolutely free and engage in conversations around this episode. We'd love to have you there and hear what you think. Structure and Flow is a 90-day recalibration system for your time and energy. It's in the balance of the feminine and masculine, in the flow of the feminine, in the structure of the masculine. It provides you with clarity around your boundaries. It allows you to align your actions in alignment with your desires and your clarity. It is a system that I am bringing and making available this October of 2020, so that we can enter into 2021 with more clarity, more time available to us, more sovereignty in our energetics, in our boundaries. This is available at sarahpoet.com. You need to act quickly because we are beginning soon. We're going to travel as a group together for a 90-day program uh, with curriculum. And also there is a workbook that's like a planner tool. You just follow it every day. There's a Sunday process and then a daily process and everyone will have the workbook and we will travel through together. And in 90 days, you will be amazed at how much more time you have, how much more life force energy you have how much more clarity about your relationships you have, you will not be giving yourself away in the way that you are now. And uh, you will be leading your life, women, you will be leading your life. That's my goal with this program. So we begin soon, sign up and uh, learn more at sarahpoet.com slash structure and flow. Thank you. Hello, secret. Welcome to the sacred remembering podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. And we're talking about leadership today, which is one of my most favorite topics, sacred Mm -hmm. leadership, conscious leadership, feminine leadership. Um, So I can't wait to jam with you on this. Um, The Sacred Remembering Podcast is for modern women waking up to the truth of who they are. And first, if we're talking about leadership, I want to first ask you to speak to who is this for? You know, does a woman have to be in a position of leadership in her day job in order to be talking about sacred leadership? Or, you know, how do you frame this for every woman? Mm, Thank you. I love that you asked this question because a lot of people listen to the word or hear the word leadership and they go, I don't identify with that. I'm not a coach. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a CEO or a manager. However, something that I'm very passionate about sharing with people is the fact that we get to be in leadership within our own personal lives, regardless of what we do for a living. So you can be in leadership in motherhood. You can be in leadership in your relationship. You can be in leadership... um, 
as the head of whatever community you're in. It's really understanding that it's more about how we show up and how we present ourselves in life. And it has to do with how we be as humans rather than what we do for a living. So really, we all have the opportunity to show up in leadership. And I think we, when we think about leadership, we think about one person at the top and the rest at the bottom, right? But conscious leadership um, considers collective leadership, which means that we are all stepping up to a level of self-leadership where we understand our power and our potential and honor ourselves and one another. So there is no such thing as one at the top and the rest at the bottom, but rather we are all collectively empowered. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that anyone listening doesn't identify with that because we've all been in a situation with a work environment or working for someone else where we thought, man, I really wish I could express my opinion here or, oh, I feel so stifled. And um, yeah, I want to hear lots about your story, but just so you know, because we don't know one another, um, I climbed a leadership hierarchy in the field of education in the States and was a school principal and school creator. And so, you know, I, I did that kind of leadership and then I left um, and became an entrepreneur and and talk about feminine leadership and masculine feminine balance mm-hmm. and, and those things. And so this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. I think listeners know that. And um, yeah, to kind of enact or turn on every woman's leadership capacity and say, no, you too, you too have this aspect of mm-hmm. self-leadership um, that, that we can talk more about. But tell us more about you. What, what do you do for a living? Who are you? Um, maybe a little bit about your story of how you came to be a coach in the area of conscious leadership. Yes. So um, who am I is a question that I've been sitting with for many years. I guess <laughs> so we can take that in a very spiritual realm, but for, for the purposes of, of answering your question, I am a leadership coach and author. I'm a podcast host as well and a speaker. And my main passion is really helping people remember who they truly are and access their infinite potential through accessing deeper levels of embodiment and personal freedom. So I work with leaders from all over the world, really helping them amplify their impact through doing that inner work. There's so many people out there right now wanting to be in leadership and calling themselves uh, leaders, but really not understanding what leadership truly is from a conscious perspective and how to start the work within. So this is what I'm most passionate about. And a little bit about my story is years ago, I used to have a corporate job back in Barcelona, where I was actually born. And I worked there for years until I was blessed with the experience of extreme anxiety. So I started to experience (laughs) extreme anxiety and that really forced me to look at my life and see everything that wasn't working and realize that that nine to five job, which in Spain is never nine to five. It's more like eight to 9 PM, (laughs) but it's really very long days, Monday to Friday, Then when you finish work, go and have a drink and go and have some food that's probably not supporting your body and then pray for the weekend. And when the weekend arrives, do something that's also not in alignment and then go back to restart. And that life really wasn't serving me. So that's why I say I was blessed to experience anxiety 
because that got me to a point where everything was challenging. Even just taking the train to go to work every day was an uphill battle. And at that point, I searched for some help and I found a coach. And at the time, I didn't even know what a coach was, but I started working with her and it changed my life completely. I went from quitting my job and moving to Australia to then studying a path on teaching yoga and meditation to layer on understanding that my, my passion was to really helping people create long-lasting results in their mindset and their behavior. So it was a journey that, that really blessed me with so many different lessons and so many different opportunities. But what it took for me was to really understand, firstly, what I wanted, and secondly, that I could have it my way. And this is one of the things that, that I feel so many leaders get to show the way for others to really say, you know, there is, there is something else. We are brought up in this world thinking that things have to be a certain way. And there is a very unique imprint in each one of us. And I really feel like the job is to remember that. Hence why I love your podcast. It's all about the remembering of who we are, what we really are here to do, and then honoring ourselves to do so. So my journey was um, forever unfolding um, version of that. And later on, I was blessed to, to come across plant medicines and dive very deep into this journey with learning from different plant medicines and indigenous elders around the world and their cultures and their ceremonies and their rituals. And that really shaped or shaped and, and supported me to become who I am today. Yeah. So it's this, I mean, the process of remembering is ever deeper. I mean, it's just deeper and deeper and deeper. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's in that job where you know that you're turning down aspects of your true self or some something is calling to you, something from inside of you is calling to you and you're thinking, well, I don't know how that fits here. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just a constant invitation to claim the remembering and to let yourself walk yes. forward on that path. And so, you know, something sparked while you were saying that was, you know, I was like, great. It was really impressive that I had, you know, the, the college degrees, like the two master's degrees to run the school. And, you know, we, we put a lot of emphasis in culture on that achievement yes. of, you know, okay, I've made it, I've climbed the ladder. I'm at the, you know, top or close to the top of the hierarchy, but actually recreating myself and living in this, you know, sacred embodiment and embracing this mystery of life is a far greater achievement um, than the schooling for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I just really captured that reframe in my mind as you were talking like, yeah, that, you know, what we've kind of built up as impressive in our society is, you know, we're, we're learning to look at that and question that. Um, but geez, I know that it's a really painful experience while you're in it. Like you were saying like a lot of anxiety or a lot of just turmoil around, um, yeah, being in it. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's go back to self-leadership because I love this. I think um, I read somewhere on your website or something you'd written that, that said, there's no such thing as leadership without self-leadership. And um, I'd love to hear you speak on this because I think this gets to, well, everyone's a leader. So yeah, self-leadership. Yes. Well, everything starts with us, everything in life. We are the center point to everything, right? So leadership is no different. We tend to compartmentalize and look at things separate from us. The relationship, it's not us, it's this external entity and the business is this external entity and the all of the things but ultimately when we are able to identify the fact that we are the center point where all of these things come to come to meet we we are able to understand why leadership also starts within Mm. so one thing that i that i teach a lot is really the concept of knowing where you want to lead people before you start leading them so you want a community you want a following you want to lead people but do you even know where you're leading them Mm. and you won't know unless you've gone there before you can (laughs) only lead on it exactly you can only lead people to the places you've dared to go yourself so really understanding that especially today in the world that we live in, it's quite easy to position yourself as an expert. And if you have someone that does great marketing on social media and things like that, it's quite easy to to seem like or sound like you're great in the field that you work at, right? But if you haven't really put in the hours and the time and the work to go and do that, that deep work within yourself, there's going to be a very low ceiling to your to to the way in which you can facilitate and support um, spaces or you know different containers for people. So, mm-hmm. as leadership starts within, you may have heard this sentence that that says the way that we do anything is the way that we do everything. So leadership is not just when we speak about self leadership. It's not just how we be when we are in a room with others when we are on stage when we are running a course or a program, but in the very tiny things, mm-hmm. how we show up when we're being triggered, how we show up when we feel uncomfortable, how we show up when nobody's watching, really bringing in that component of integrity and knowing that the way in which you show up when nobody will be able to see you, applause you, recognize you, praise you, um, whatever, the way in which you show up when nobody's watching is the way in which you're going to show up later on for your leadership when others are watching. And for a little period of time, you might be able to kind of have a little bit of a misalignment there. And as I said, have a great marketing strategy, have a great platform. And may, maybe people don't realize for a little bit, but first of all, you're always going to know if that mm-hmm. integrity in there, which ultimately will lead you to imposter syndrome and lack of confidence and all of these things. But also, in the end, people do realize when mm-hmm. the energetics aren't matching. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a question that a, a woman asked um, earlier this week in a masterclass I was giving. And she said, how do we deal with imposter syndrome? Mm. And I said, it comes down to self-leadership first and foremost, being our word. There's so much that obviously we have to deal with when it comes to imposter syndrome and insecurities because there's deep lack of self-worth sometimes and deep stories that we carry and all of that. But the first thing to work on is really aligning our words with our actions also when nobody's watching. And that level of self-leadership, when we are willing to take ourselves 
into places where others may not dare, where we are willing to carry ourselves in alignment with the values that we say we care about, when we are able to really walk our talk, even in the smallest ways, when our partner is triggering us, when someone at the office or a friend said something that we really did not like, when something comes up and we're scared and we have the opportunity to either run away or face it and show up for ourselves. Those things are the ones that build our container as leaders. So really understanding that when we are in alignment within, that imposter syndrome starts kind of losing power because we are giving our subconscious mind enough proof that we are trustworthy. When we are constantly breaking our word and we are not engaging or showing up or behaving in the way that we would in front of others or we would on Instagram or we would when we go and speak on a podcast, then our subconscious mind is watching everything. So it builds up this huge file filled with proof that your word means nothing, Mm. that your word isn't trustworthy. So later on, when you want to go into leadership, external leadership and lead others and create a program or a course or give a talk, and then the nerves start coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Am I able? Am I enough? Will I be good enough? Well, yes, of course, because there's a part of the subconscious mind that thinks, well, every time you say you're going to do something, you don't. So now you say you're going to you know, do a launch or publish a book or do a podcast. That sounds awesome. But my experience of you is that you don't do the things that you say mm-hmm. you're going to do. So really just bringing ourselves into congruence and understanding that everything starts within and leadership gets to be taking place in our lives all of the time in all of the ways, not just when others are watching and we get the opportunity to be seen and validated and celebrated by others. So I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. And in the States, school is starting right now, but the children aren't in schools and they're largely at home. And so I'm working with a lot of women who maybe they're between careers or maybe they're making a career change because six months ago COVID hit. And, um, you know, by the time this airs, it'll, it'll be probably seven months ago, but at this point it's six months ago. And so there's been enough time for women to say, Oh, you know, maybe something's not working. And so they're in this change, but at the same time, largely women are having to be um, wearing multiple hats in the, in the home space. And so maybe working from home, I mean, I'm doing this, like I'm, I'm working from home, managing my clients, changing around my schedule. And then my child has school now on the computer. And so um, speaking about self-leadership at this point in time, the way you just did, it's like all of these real life opportunities right now, the uncertainty about COVID, the uncertainty about, you know, career, the desire to create something, but it's not here yet. Um, Needing to manage your child's schooling. And that's probably a little bit contentious sometimes, like all of those opportunities are the very opportunities to develop that self-leadership Like maybe that entrepreneurial venture isn't totally off the ground yet, or maybe you don't know exactly what you're going to do yet, but like, this is all sacred practice. Yes. Yes, for sure. 
Yeah. So let's talk about um, feminine leadership. I know it's something you love to talk about. And um, maybe you can start us off by talking about like, well, what leadership has been um, and, and where you see feminine leadership playing a part or where you see it taking us. Hmm. Yes, I love that. And I love speaking about feminine leadership and feminine entrepreneurship because it it does put things into perspective for a lot of women. I guess with feminine leadership, um, it's a different story to feminine entrepreneurship. There's different energetics that play into each one of those realms. But really looking at feminine leadership, what I think is very important, just to tie it up to what you just shared about women being at home and having to wear so many different hats, is we live... Most of us know that we live in a patriarchal society and the way in which we learn to do things is quite masculine. And I don't necessarily love to speak about feminine and masculine energies in in the way that the majority of people do, but for the sake of this conversation, we'll just look at feminine as the creative, um, soft, flow, um, sensitive, intuitive essence within us that we all have. And the masculine is more directional and structured um, essence within us. So we all have feminine and masculine energies within regardless of our gender. However, a lot of women are required to really step in a very masculine way of doing things where there is no time for self-care. There's no time for self-honoring. There's no time for creativity. There's no time for intuition. Like things tend to be very analytical and very one directional, right? And I think that in order to be in feminine leadership, really all it takes for women is to create this space to really identify their behavior patterns and look at whether they intentionally choose them or not. There are so many women that want more support from their partners. They want more space to really dedicate to the things that they love and they care about personally beyond being a mother, beyond being an entrepreneur or, or an employee or beyond being a wife or, or a girlfriend. So really looking into what is, what are the beliefs and the behavioral patterns that we carry and do we intentionally choose those or not? Is there a way in which we can start choosing to do things differently? Because I feel like feminine leadership, it's very intuitive. There's not really that much we have to teach other than creating the space to feel into yourself and getting rid of everything that you're not. So I think there's a lot of women that ask this question, how do I step into feminine leadership? And I'm like, well, by nature, that will be the way that we will um, go towards or, or feel more of a, of a pull towards when we have created this space and gotten rid of all of the shoots. Mm. So again, if we're speaking about entrepreneurship, we can go down that, that um, theme as well, if you want, but for feminine leadership, what I would say is really create this space to look at the ways in which you behave within your relationship, within your business or job within motherhood, um, your relationship with your friends or every single area of your life and really ask yourself, is this exactly how I would like it to be? Like, do I feel truly fulfilled by the way in which I show up? 
to each and every one of the areas in my life. And if I don't, then why not? And just start getting curious because most of the times, the ways in which we behave are extremely conditioned by things we learned and chose completely unintentionally, subconsciously, way too long ago. So really asking ourselves, is this the way in which I want to do things? Because most women by nature, when given this space, will feel that pull to be more intuitive, to be more creative, to do things in a flow that is aligned with their cyclic nature. But if the space isn't there, then we learn to do things in the go, 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 hustle, 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 push, push, push that we've been taught. So really create space to look at whether you're running the different aspects of your life in the way that feel good for you, in a way that feel honoring, in a way that feel fun, in a way that feel pleasurable. And if not, then see what gets to shift. And you may not be able to shift it right away, but really having that awareness will help you in becoming more intentional to create that reality for yourself. So if there's something showing up in your relationship or in the way in which you mother your children, in the way in which work works, that doesn't feel good for you, doesn't feel like it provides with as much rest and alignment and fun and pleasure and freedom and contentment as you wish, then see what should shift and be intentional with holding that vision and start creating the changes that you can now. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. A lot of the time I think we get a little swamped down, like a little swampy (laughs) with like, Oh, why is it this way? And Oh, I'm so helpless or something like that. And truthfully, it's not, you know, I was, uh, I'm working with a, a couple right now and um you know as as the woman began to embody some of what you're talking about like looking at what's not working and instead of waiting for her husband to say oh now you have permission for things to change she began to say i'm claiming this time for me and so that's leadership leadership in her own life and in her partnership she's saying I'm not okay with the way this is. This is how it needs to change. She's not saying it viciously. She's not overpowering. You know, it's just like, oh, this isn't working for me. I'm going to actually claim what is working for me. That's leadership. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. So I want to talk about self-care because I love I love how you talk about self-care, that it's um, the new hustle but you also talk about deep self-care. And so I'd love to go there. I don't even think in all of the episodes of this podcast, I don't even think we've really talked about self-care. So let's talk about it. Like, is it getting your nails done? Is it going for a facial? Like what's (laughs) self-care? I love this. I love speaking about this topic because that's something that we really, really get to redefine our perception of what self-care is. So definitely, as you say, getting your nails done, getting a facial, those things are considered, um, they're considered self-care. However, the depth of those practices or, or the impact that they have in our lives, in our bodies, in our well-being is so shallow that we really get to understand, like you say, deep self-care. So I look at self-care as a journey of self-honoring is something that it's deep and sustainable and that creates long-lasting results. So I identified four pillars of self-care, really looking at 
eat from a very holistic perspective, instead of just doing those practices that we tend to think about, like doing your nails and facials, which are usually targeting the very superficial layers of our physical body. And to me, self-care is something that can really create incredible shifts in your life if you approach it from the perspective of deep, sustainable, holistic um, self-care. So the four pillars that I look at and I teach about are the emotional body, energetic body, mental body, and then physical body. So self-care, sometimes it looks like having a bath for sure and relaxing and putting on some music and having that time to unwind. Sometimes it looks like identifying where in your life there's no boundaries and where you get to place them and having uncomfortable conversations with yourself and sometimes others in order to honor what you need. Sometimes self-care means to identify your emotions and learn how to process them instead of bottling things up because you've told yourself that there's no time or nobody cares or you can't be too sensitive or you've got all this stuff to deal with or emotions are scary. Really going there, really learning. So when we learn about deep sustainable self-care, we look at these tools that help us mentally to release anxiety, to release stress, to be present, to increase our productivity in a very easeful way, to look after our bodies, of course, develop different habits, let go of different habits that might not be serving us emotionally, to deal with our emotions, to process certain certain things, to create space for us to feel whatever we need to feel. And then energetically to see in what ways we might be leaking energy and how we get to really reclaim that and learn different tools as well to boost our energy, to, to keep ourselves in a high vibe as much as possible. So the tools that I teach around these are all to support you in honoring yourself on a daily basis, regardless of where you're at, without needing the three hours to drive across town to go get your nails done, sit there in a chair, so that then you can have nail polish in your nails for a couple hours before it chips. <laughs> so really understanding, is that actually self-care? Does that actually create something for you other than making your nails look pretty, which I love sometimes to do as well. But really understanding that self-care gets to be so much deep, deeper than that mm-hmm. and gets to really create incredible results for our lives and for our businesses, our entrepreneurship journey, if we allow it to be really what it is, if we allow it to be in that depth and create those sustainable practices that we can use all the time, not just on Sundays when we are about to do our Instagram story self-care Sundays. <laughs> That's so funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to talk about this notion of hustle a little bit more because I think that, you know, I see it thrown around in the culture and I, at one point in time, I would have taken pride in my ability to hustle as well. Um, but yeah, let's talk it. Let's talk about hustle and leadership. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if we say, and I don't know if you would, but if, if we say that hustle is maybe um, a thing of the past or, you know, we have a negative connotation with that, then like, what's the replacement? Mm. Great question. I guess, 
alignment is the first word that comes to mind. So we hear people speak about the aligned hustle, right? And especially with business, I see this old paradigm versus new paradigm. And when I speak about this, I share the old paradigm to me is that hustle, 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 compete, 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 uh, push, 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 even at the expenses of your well-being, your romantic life, your family, your social life anything and everything in order to hustle. There's this imaginary mountain that everyone's trying to climb. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying to get to the top of the mountain, but nobody knows where the mountain is, whether it even exists. No one has ever climbed the mountain because as soon as they get to the top, there's a higher top. When they get to the very top, they probably are so exhausted. They don't feel like being in this in this world anymore, which happens to a lot of people that hustle their entire lives. And then it's like, what, what was the point of this, right? Yeah. And when we get to the new paradigm in business, we see collaboration. We see not needing to be at the top anymore, but actually wanting everyone to win, everyone to stand a chance, everyone to be empowered, because it's no longer driven by this wounded ego desire of having enough, being enough, being seen as enough, but rather... In the new problem of business, we have done enough work within ourselves to validate ourselves, love ourselves, accept ourselves, nourish and honor ourselves so that when we show up in our leadership, in our entrepreneurship, it comes from a deep space of service. And in that space, we also serve ourselves, which means we don't neglect ourselves in the name of hustle. We don't reject our needs or neglect our necessities in the name of success. So really, when we look at hustle as an outdated thing, we can start looking at alignment. And I guess when people say align hustle, I imagine this combination of both. Sometimes if you want to publish a book, have a successful podcast, have a successful business, you will need to hustle in a way. It will require that you put in hours time. I couldn't be running multiple six figures coaching business if I hadn't put in so many hours of hard work into it. Mm -hmm. However, there is a space for us to honor the fact that that is needed at times while not making it our constant reality, while not allowing that to be the norm. And that's where alignment comes into place. Are you leading and creating a business and trying to make more money so that people outside think something about you praise you validate you acknowledge you celebrate you or are you truly doing it to serve and when we look at doing it for service there is no space for self-neglection because if if we're really coming from a space of i want to help humanity i want to help the world i want to help everyone feel better be better then that starts with us again mm -hmm. So I guess the new the new aligned hustle where the new paradigm in business starts within just like conscious leadership. And from that place, we understand that there's no there's no sense in helping women feel empowered and helping women feel them love themselves while we're neglecting ourselves. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah, I took a quote from your website. You said giving from an empty cup isn't service, it's self-neglect. Yes. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about boundaries, um, which again, I, we're kind of hitting some topics that, you know, we use these words a lot like self-care or boundaries or hustle, but I actually haven't really 
um, talked about them on the podcast and in this way. So I really appreciate this conversation. Um, but boundaries, I think, are another thing that we kind of, we throw the word around, but we don't necessarily embody the energy of it um, frequently. So how do you teach boundaries or what do you teach about boundaries? Mm, this is a great topic that I love. I love it. Me too. <laughs> so good. Especially because of what most people tend to think about boundaries, right? Um, most people tend to think about boundaries as walls that we place around or very strong limits that we place around. And what I have found working for years with so many women and men is that the majority, especially women, the majority of women see setting boundaries and placing boundaries as something that will make them look like a bad person or a selfish person or an unfriendly person. I've heard all the words, but I don't want to repeat them, but there's like really <laughs> unkind words that they use about themselves when they need to set up boundaries. And I've seen this happen with powerful CEOs and business owners that really had to set boundaries with their employees and their coworkers. And they just they felt such deep fear and resistance to doing so because they saw it as something that was extremely negative. Mm. The reframe that I like to share and invite people to consider is the fact that boundaries are a form of self-honoring and are a way of protecting our relationships. When we don't have clear boundaries, Yes, we may look very nice to others because we're people-pleasing left and right. However, we end up accumulating a certain amount of resentment towards those that are crossing, crossing our boundaries. So sometimes people are really overstepping our boundaries and not meeting our needs and not really being considered of us in the way that we want, but we just have never asked for what we need. However, the subconscious mind doesn't make this rational assessment. The subconscious mind doesn't go, oh, okay, this person is really doing something that I don't like, but I never told them. I didn't want them to do something like this. I never told them there was a boundary here. So, so it's all good. The subconscious mind goes, this person, but resentment, wrong. Don't want them around. And this can really get in the way of relationships. It can really get in the way of friendships. It can really get in the way of in working environments and dynamics. So it's very important that we look at boundaries as a way of self-honoring, self-love, and a way of protecting our relationships. Mm -hmm. So when we look at these at it in this way, we can let go of this idea that we're going to be seen as selfish and that we're doing something wrong and look at it from the perspective of, I am loving myself and I am loving them. I'm setting this boundary because otherwise in three months, I will be completely resentful towards my partner. If not in three months, in two years, but it will happen. Mm -hmm. I am doing this because I don't want to stop having, wanting to hang out with my friend or catch up with her because every time we do, I feel resentful that she's crossing this boundary. So really looking at it from the perspective of boundaries are love versus boundaries are selfish. And the first thing that we need to do in order to place boundaries and to really understand how to consider what healthy boundaries we need to put in place is really getting to understand our needs. So really understanding, okay, what are my personal boundaries with myself? Some examples of these might be you may don't eat 
hot chips, you call them different in the US, uh, fries. You may then mm-hmm. eat French fries at midnight on a Wednesday. Maybe that's a boundary that you have, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat two boxes of pizza on, you know, at 7 a.m. before I go to work. Maybe that's a boundary that you have. Maybe a boundary that you have is I'm not going to drink 10 glasses of wine every single day. That's a boundary that you have with yourself. I'm not going to allow people to insult me and to, you know, those are different boundaries that you have with yourself that make complete sense. So even if you're listening to this and thinking, yeah, I don't have any boundaries, there is boundaries that you have, even if subconsciously, and identifying them is really helpful because then you can see, oh, wait, I'm not actually starting from scratch. I do have some boundaries. I just have to play some more. Right. And it's like what you were saying earlier, just listening to the self and what the self knows is the truth and then being clear about that. So I really like to talk about boundaries like clarity um, Mm. because I think I agree with you. Sometimes it's really hard to set them, but also other times, um, there's a lot of willing it or, you know, putting up such a wall and then feeling like you have to uphold that with your energetic body and it just gets to be exhausting. So when you really have the clarity within you, then the boundary just is. Yes. It just is. It's just like, well, this is the way it is. This is the space I need. This is, this relationship is or is not working for me. These are the terms or conditions that I need in order to continue. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the more, the more secret alignment or the more, uh, yeah, conscious we are, yes. um, the, the clearer we're going to be about that. Yes. Um, and I want to piggyback, piggyback on that just very quickly. When we do that, the energetics, and this is something that I love to, to share and teach is when, Energy speaks faster than thoughts. And this is actually now scientifically proven. Our hearts are communicating through vibration all of the time. So before our minds can process a thought and a judgment and analyze the situation, our bodies have already had an interaction and already decided, do I feel safe? Do I not? So if we're carrying the energy of fear when we're setting a boundary, if we go and tell someone, you know, this is not okay with me or I need you to stop doing this thing around me or whatever it is. If we are carrying an energy of guilt and shame and fear within ourselves, that boundary will be a lot less received by that person. It will be a lot harder for that person to receive it because the energy that you're giving out, the the conversation your body is having with that other person's body is I'm doing this, but I'm a terrible person. This is awful. What I'm doing, it's terrible. What I'm doing, it's not okay. So then if you make peace with yourself and understand this new reframe, that this clarity, this self-honoring gets to, boundaries get to happen so that you can love yourself and others, then the energy that you will carry is one of love which will make it a lot easier for the person in front of you to really receive that boundary. And of course, there will be people that benefit from you having no boundaries or feel attacked or insecure around your boundaries. And some people just aren't ready to receive them. But generally speaking, when we're really coming from a space of self-honoring and claiming this, this reality, which is me setting this boundary has nothing to do with you or you being wrong, but rather with me and what I need and me honoring myself, 
it just makes it a lot easier for us to communicate our boundaries and for others to receive them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sigrid, thank you so much for being here today. And I just want to ask you if there's anything that you have been uh, really resonating in, in the field of leadership, anything that you want to share that's still on your heart before we complete the conversation and give you a chance to, to lean into that message. Yes. Thank you. Um, the thing that's most alive for me right now is the, it's always been important, but now more than ever to really do the inner work, to be in sacred embodiment, to really do the inner work, to look at the parts of ourselves that are still coming into leadership from a wounded ego place, wanting validation, wanting to be seen, wanting to be praised, wanting to feel secure in the sense that we are good enough and really deal with those in, like really deeply because mm-hmm. when we look at the reasons why we come into leadership, there's always going to be the higher self reasons and the shadowy reasons. Mm-hmm. And we all have wounded children within ourselves. So there's no need to feel ashamed or guilty about that. However, in order to truly access our infinite potential as leaders, we have to do that work. We have to look at the parts of ourselves that are still coming into our branding or into our sales speech or into our marketing or copywriting from that energy, mm-hmm. from the energy of see me, validate me, choose me, because mm-hmm. that is going to get in the way. And energetically, that will continue to feed the energy of the old paradigm, which yeah. is someone has to be at the top and then the rest have to be at the bottom. So in order to really create the reality that we're wanting to create in the world, we have to do this internal work so that we can show up with as much integrity and embodiment as possible. That is just, it, I'm, I'm so appreciative of your message today um, and the way you're phrasing that. And, you know, it's really, it's soul work. So that's what I, I have clients all sign a contract. You know, this is soul work. We're going in. We, you know, we don't know what we're going to find. And it's, it's that level of a personal evolution. Um, I thought of this a few times during this interview. It's kind of a funny story. But um, a little bit ago, the, a woman who works here locally with women in leadership there was a formation of a mastermind concept for women entrepreneurs and each woman coming into the program, we were, we were wondering, well, you know, like what's the criteria? Who, who is this woman? And we kind of joked and we said, has she undergone a dark night of the soul? (laughs) Because it's like, if you've done that and survived it and come back from it, um, you know, then, then, leadership is more authentic like you return to the heart you return to service which I totally um, have undergone myself that's why I'm laughing and so you know it's like we have to do those deep dives into really that those subconscious places and really the soul work of why we're here and Mm -hmm. I think that even the word purpose I I don't like to use the word purpose because I think that even that can get 
heady uh, with people like, oh gosh, I have to find my purpose now. And um, it's not that. It's like, it is the sacred remembering. It's the walk inward. It's the listening to um, the soul calling and answering that calling and making that more important than anything else that's happening, you know, in the external or, or these like external validations for certain achievements and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's a very courageous uh, path, this self-leadership path, for sure. Yes. yes. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. I'm really inspired by this conversation. I know our listeners will be as well. Um, please tell us where they can find you on the web, uh, on social media, if anyone wants to reach out. I know you have a, like a four-week program. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. So the best way to connect with me, it's on Instagram. That's where I share most of my content. Um, so that's secretasius at secretasius on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, my website, secretasius.com. But usually the most amount of content I share on Instagram. Um, I also have a podcast. We are releasing the latest the last episode of the first season this week. However, there is already a bunch of amazing episodes there for people to listen to if they want. The name is Sacred Leadership. And um, and Self-Care is Any Hustle is my self-care course that you were referring to. We're changing the format from four-week to eight-week, and we're going to release it again Um at the end of September, early October. So if someone's interested in, to look into that, they can go into my website, sigurtasis.com slash self-care is a new hassle. And um, you can join the waitlist there, read all about the course. And then if you're interested, just make sure to leave us your email so that we can let you know when, you, when we open it again. Um, so there's different ways for people to work with me if they want, whether it's through doing that course, self-care is any hassle or working one-on-one with me. So if anyone listening to this is interested, just get in touch with me again via email through my website or on Instagram and we'll take it from there. Wonderful. And I want to spell your name for anyone who's like driving and listening, but doesn't, doesn't see the spelling. Um, do you want to spell it for us? Yes. S I G R I D. T-A-S-I-E-S. Will you be able to leave this in the show notes? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Everyone can check out the show notes at sarahpoet.com as well. So good. Okay, I am very inspired. I know others will be too. And this is such an important time talking about sacred, feminine, conscious leadership. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, listeners, and thank you for Sigrid for being here for this interview. Everyone, Sigrid would like you to know that the Self-Care is the New Hustle course is now available in a new edition on her website, sigridtassiers.com, and um, just, just sending so much love to all the listeners. Thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to share this podcast. Thank you for um, your testimonials and your rates and reviews. It it means a lot to be able to have these conversations and have them impact your lives. So thank you for being here and we'll be back next week. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? 
Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.